0: Do they think we got three Rod Brandamores, or what? I think I started lifting real light weights when I was, like, 12. listening to The Rod the Podcast with your host Jordan Betts and Mike Men. Welcome back, everybody. It is just me tonight as Jordan is in Europe celebrating his honeymoon, and hopefully he did not have to watch the end of the series tonight um tough way to go out i apologize if i sound a little nasally i'm under the weather but i felt like for my own mental health and hopefully this is a cathartic experience for you as well i needed to come out record quick kind of break down everything i saw at the end of the day series boils down to the fact that florida has sergey bobrovsky He took a few years off from being an elite goaltender, but he came back and he was ultimately the the difference maker in the series. Hats off to Freddie. Freddie battled it out with him. He deserved to get some wins in this series, but we weren't able to find goals. And sometimes that's just the way it goes. It's tough, but it's the nature of hockey. And Florida played a fantastic defensive game and really tried to force the Canes to the outside. And the Canes kind of figured it out too late that you just got to create traffic and score goals that way. Um, But it is what it is. When you look back at the series and you say, "I'm so upset, we lost," blah 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 blah. blah. The Canes lost Patrietti. They lost Fetch after the trade deadline. They lost Taravine, and for a portion of the playoffs. They lose Jacob Slavin at the beginning of Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. This is a team that showed a lot of resilience. Every single game in the Eastern Conference Final was a one-goal game. One of the games required quadruple overtime. One of the games required overtime. They scored two game winners on power plays, which isn't very common in, in playoff hockey, but it is what it is. And here we are have to be proud of the way a lot of the players performed want to highlight some of the guys like chatfield like nason that i felt really stepped up and i can't wait to see what they do with another year under their belt next season those are going to be two guys that are really important in this canes lineup so we'll see we'll see what happens but going back and especially looking at game forward and i i know a lot of us are upset about the hit on Jacob Slavin. And I know there was a lot of talk on national media that it was a clean hit. And there's definitely an argument that it's a clean hit. There's also an argument that it's charging. If you read the rule book, charging is when you take multiple steps into a hit or when you come from a long distance to deliver a hit. Well, Sam Bennett came from the red line, Obviously gained a ton of speed because he sent a 210 pound guy flying three feet backwards after he hit him helmet to helmet and then Slavin's helmet hits the boards and then Slavin's head hits the ground. You can definitely argue that it's charging. There's definitely an argument there. Does it mean it's going to be a penalty? No, not necessarily, but is it, this uber clean greatest hit ever as Gretzky called it or greatest hit he's seen in a while. I don't think, I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, it's up in the air and it's tough and it's, it's disappointing because nobody stood up for Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin is a huge piece of this team. He does everything right, respectful on and off the ice Amazing defenseman, doesn't throw cheap shots, doesn't headhunt, et cetera, et cetera, does all the things the right way. And it always makes me laugh because when you talk to hockey guys, they're like, well, what do you want him to do there? I'm like, well, maybe watch one of the best defensemen in the NHL and see what he does. It's this thing where you play defense. You have a hockey stick. You have the ability to rub someone off. You have... All these things that you can do to make plays. But that hit was intended to deliver a statement. Sam Bennett knew who was behind the net. He knew that he was going to ultimately hit him in the head. But he knew he could get away with it. And that's what the NHL has on their hands. They're going to end up being the NFL of the past few years where they had to go back retroactively and look at all these past injuries from hits that don't belong in professional sports anymore. There's nothing entertaining about watching a dude get a shoulder or an elbow, or in this case, a helmet to the face. There's nothing entertaining about somebody getting concussed from a guy that's running him from the opposite side of the room. There's nothing that's entertaining about that. In my opinion, now people like PK Subban love it and they love to go on the internet and post about it and talk about getting knocked out. It's just because guys like PK Subban can't get enough attention, right? He just can't help himself from his pregame warm up antics that he always had to his making Lizzo lunch comments to him posting about a guy getting knocked out who is one of the most respected guys in the NHL to not being able to cover the New Jersey Carolina series without bias as a former New Jersey player. He's all about attention. He always will be. It's fine. But that's what hockey culture has come to. It's come to the point where it's cool to be that guy, right? Like he he's, he thinks he's the man now, a guy that couldn't even live up to his own contract. Who's more concerned about himself than anything else. And then you look at a guy like Eddie Olchek as well. I'm not one to typically get upset about bias. we we've been in a small market for a long time. We've seen a lot of bias. It's fine. There's always going to be a little bit of bias, but I don't know who pissed in Eddie Olchek's Wheaties because I've never seen a guy that disliked the Hurricanes, especially Sebastian Aho, as much as Eddie Ol- Olchek. He couldn't even help himself at some points to go out of his way. Like Sebastian Aho is the dirtiest player on the planet. No, Sebastian Ajo plays hard. He understands that there's a pest element to getting under people's skins, and every single team has a guy like that. Ajo doesn't take cheap shots regularly. It's not his game. It's not a dirty player. But, you know, I guess when, what is it, your brother and, like, your best friend get fired by an organization, I don't know what it is, but these are the guys that we decide to have on, on the broadcast. We, that, that's who we want to pay money to talk about NHL games. Not, not a John Forsland or somebody like that. Not a master of their craft. We just want old NHL dudes to come on and talk about hockey. Like it was when they played and, and, and have bias. I mean, that's, that's what I saw in P.K. Subban and Eddie Olchek, and it's embarrassing for the NHL. And the NHL is light years behind the NBA, the NFL, baseball. I mean, they, ca- they can't figure out how to deliver a better product. You want the salary cap to increase? Maybe provide a better product. Maybe figure out what the hell is going on with refing across the board. There's bad calls everywhere in every series against every team. And why is that the standard? And if the answer is hockey is the hardest sport to referee in the world, then why don't we figure out a way to help those guys? How hard is it to have a ref in the press box? Oh, but don't say that because if you're Rod Brendamore and you say that, you're going to be in the doghouse forever. God forbid you make a suggestion on how we can improve the quality of the game, right? Who who could ever? I mean, I could never believe that. A recommendation on how we can improve the quality of hockey? No, thank you. No, thank you. But here we are. It's a tough place. You want to see hockey do great? You want to see a good product on the ice? You want to feel like what you're watching is fair and that there's repercussions. You have a guy like Petrangelo, Petrangelo, however you pronounce it, Tomahawk slashing a dude. One game suspension. One game suspension for Tomahawk over the head slashing a guy. I, I, that... That blows my mind how that is acceptable. You've got Jamie Ben literally cross checking a dude on the neck. He gets a two game suspension. But when Sam Bennett does it last series, it's it's cool. Where I mean, find find me the consistency, make it make sense to me, because I'd love to know. And this has gotten off the rails. And we're ranting about the NHL. So let's let's get back on track here and let's talk Hurricanes. You have to be proud of this team. You have to be happy with what the organization did. The reality is, is this team was going to have a tough time getting to a cup. No matter what, it's only one team gets a cup. Look at all the teams that added a ton of players at the deadline. Don't see them around, really. Historically, best team in the regular season. Boston knocked out first round. Toronto knocked out second round. Right? You look at a team like the New Jersey Devils that go out and add Timo Meyer, knocked out second round. You look at the New York Rangers, they go in, they get Kane, they get Tarasenko, they add on the blue line, et cetera, et cetera. Knocked out first round. Adding players at the deadline guarantees you absolutely nothing. And it guar- and it doesn't mean the Canes would have been better if they had been in addition. You have to take into account chemistry, et cetera. So the woe is me, Canes didn't add okay, they added Goss's bear who I thought had a fantastic impact and they got him for basically nothing. And guess what the cans have moving forward depth in their organization. You never know when the next prospects going to turn around and have that light up season. For example, a guy like nutrition who is either going to be a really great trade token in the off season or he's going to be a really great hurricane for a lot of years because this team values drafting high-risk players with high ceilings and giving them a chance to develop rather than spending a ton of assets to take one shot at a Stanley Cup final. Look at we, – we had it one time happen, right, in all the playoff years the Canes have ever had. There was one time where they added at the deadline and it worked. And that was 06. And there was a lot of painful years after 06. Just because the rest of the NHL does something doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing. And sometimes when when an organization has gotten you to the playoffs five years in a row, multiple Eastern Conference finals without the results you want, with a roster that is full of guys that aren't even in their prime yet, there's a ton of youth on this team. Sebastian Aho, Young, Natchez, Young, Jarvis, Kokaniemi, Drury, you name it. What can Kochekov become? There's a handful of guys in the AHL that are already NHL ready, but Rod's going to make them earn it. There's something to be said for having an NHL team that's hard to crack. You're going to find the guys that when it's the toughest, they show up. And ultimately, that's the kind of culture the Canes are trying to to bring about. So we have a lot. We have have a lot to be excited about. And I think Jordan and I have a lot to discuss this offseason. I think this is one of the most polarizing offseasons we've had in a long time. The Canes have the talent. They have the assets, if they want to go upgrade, if they want to maybe let an AHL guy get the next shot. They've proven that they know how to go find NHLers that other teams don't think are NHLers. And they've got a lot of guys coming up on expiring contracts. This is Stahl's last year, this year. Will we re-sign him? Does he decide he wants to go do it again? What's that look like? You got the ability to re-sign Sebastian Ajo coming up soon. And as the heartbeat of our team, you have to think that they're going to look to get that deal done as early as possible. There's a lot going on in the near future. You got Pesci's deal coming up, et cetera, et cetera. Next year is a huge year for the Hurricanes. And we might find out, that the decisions management made this year ultimately lead to the Canes having a chance to win it next year and consistently be in the dance and consistently be improving, and they have the assets. So it's, cur- it's, it's, it's really interesting times, and I look forward to the offseason discussions, and I know it's an upsetting way to go out, but here we are. I know we keep talking that we will be posting more regularly, and I promise you we try to, but we're both really busy and just getting busier. But we'll make a, a strong effort to get as much off season content out to you as we can, just kind of talk about where we see the direction of the franchise going, what moves we can see made in the season, what do contracts look, look like, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll and we'll build from there. So thank you for following along all season. We look forward to providing some good information this off season for you all. And otherwise, great season by the Canes. Tough way to end it, but go canes.